Hello. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, I just really enjoy your show, and I'm, I'm a little nervous uh, talking to you guys because you're such a, a, a internet, uh, what you call it, pod stars, I guess. Uh, but uh, I really think that you're doing a great job, and I hope that you keep up the good work. And I, I do think that you ought to quit uh, picking on the chaplain so much. And I think you ought to tell the chaplain where your meeting is, and I think you should quit the cursing so much. And you really ought to be nicer to the chaplain. Uh, this is not the chaplain, by the way. Uh, you guys have a good day. The following podcast contains strong language, adult themes, and terrible attempts at humor. It is not suitable for children, women, or men for that matter. This is the After Lodge banter of two guys who happen to be Freemasons. It is not recognized or endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular Masons, irregular Masons, co-Masons, Canadian Masons, or internet wannabe Masons. Can we do this shit already? Nobody likes a damn lawyer. Alabama high test Got me in a big mess Higher than a white cat Running from the wolf pack They're gonna put me in the slammer If they catch me with that Alabama high test 65 southbound Cruising with a half pound Blue light spinning round Better put the hammer down to go Tennessee Ain't nobody stopping me short run State line gotta keep making time Alabama high test Welcome to the After Lodge Podcast. I'm Jason, joined as always by Harlan and producer Bruce. And again today we have assistant producer, most worshipful, Marshall. Say hello to the people, Marshall. Hello, everybody. And also joining us via Skype, which is always an adventure, is Mr. Adam Osmond, uh, the author of the book, Earning Freemasonry, One Day Class Redemption. I think I got that title right, but I can't guarantee that. Was that right, Adam? That was correct, and uh, thanks for having me. No problem. So uh, let's do our normal thing where we talk about everybody's weeks here. So uh, oh, I'm hold gonna. On. You read books? Yeah, okay. occasionally. Okay. I mean, like I don't. Okay, I don't read them. I listen to them, read by men in preferably English accented voices. His. I thought okay. your mom read them to you, like like when you before you go to bed every That's night. Just at bedtime, she will come in and tuck me in and read me a little story. Just uh, me, buddy. I, I just had to clarify that I I learn something new every day. I know some words that are big on paper. <laughs> I can't spell any of them, but I know some of them. All right, so, uh, Marshall, how was your week? Ah, uh, long. That's why we never let the producers talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bruce? if I told you how, what I did this week, you'd have a heart attack. So we'll, In some well, jurisdictions, what he did is, is a Masonic offense. So. Yeah, I can't yeah. really talk about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't bring those up. <laughs> Nothing illegal, I promise you. Bruce, no, it's legal uh, here. I had a pretty great week. I'm not going to you know, tell any stories because that's, yeah. that's your all's bit. But um, nobody you know, really. yeah, the nobody. weather was nice. Yeah, that was nice. It was nice so that's, that always makes things better. Mm-hmm. I think winter's finally over. Maybe. It's going to be like 30 the day after tomorrow, but whatever. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> so, uh, Harlan, how about you? How's your week, brother? Uh, it's, it's, it's going. Uh, today, uh, Brother Chaplin Jr. decided that it would be a good idea to re-roof his entire house, kind of like I thought it would be a good idea to mm. re-floor mine. So, the ferryman approaches. Yeah, so as soon as we finish recording here, I'm going to go do Josh's line of work for a little while. Um, he should not, be able to get a whole crew of guys over there to get that knocked out in no time. Not very excited about it. <clears throat> I'm also not very excited that Brother Chaplin <laughs> Sr. is probably going to be there, yeah, supervising the work will. and yelling at everybody like he normally does. 
And he's just going to give me that look the whole time, like, I know what you did this morning. It probably, yes. Yeah. So. It's a whole lot worse when he looks at me and says, I know what you did last night. That's, yeah. I have a lot more to worry about on that account. All right. But so, that's what uh, I'll be doing. Adam, how was your week, brother? It was pretty good. Actually, I've been really, really busy lately. I have a lot of uh, speaking engagements the last couple weeks, and uh, our local Shrine Circus is in the area, and uh, I was there helping with that for a couple days, but uh, other than being busy, it was pretty good. Yeah, the only problem with that Shrine Circus is all those clowns. They're just, they're not right individuals. (laughs) There's something wrong with those guys. Yeah, Jason had a run-in with the clowns when he joined the Shrine, and uh, he doesn't like to talk about it. He just tears up a little bit like he does right now when I mention it. They they ganged up on me. It wasn't fair. (laughs) It wasn't fair at all. Do you need a tissue, buddy? No, no. I mean, I've been through some therapy. I think I'll get over it. Uh, Anyway, so uh, Harlan, uh, what did you think about this gentleman's book? Uh, Adam, I rather enjoyed the book. I, it was it was a short enough read. Um, you didn't feel the need to drone on forever about the same thing, which is always a plus. Uh, a lot of times Masonic literature that I pick up tends to rant on in, in Albert Pike fashion. Uh, but you did a swell job of avoiding that. And I had no, some other I, thoughts that, that we'll break into. Uh, I think it's a great book for anybody yeah. who's like a new guy. Like, whether you're a new guy who's been here for 10 years and just never done shit, or whether you're a new guy who just literally got here. Yeah. Um, You did a good job of not making it intimidating to uh, new Masons. Because a lot of times the books that we tend to suggest to them are intimidating enough just in their appearance that they never get opened. You know how that whole thing works. Mm Mm-hmm. And and honestly, that's one of the... uh the uh, problems that I solved with this was that I, I thought that it was going to be seen as not scholarly enough. Um, and I say right in the uh, introduction that it this is largely opinion and personal experience. So it, it doesn't apply to everybody, but there's areas where I think I'm educated enough to say, hey, this is what might work. Why don't you go ahead and try it? And um, the book actually started as a blog post on earning Freemasonry. It was supposed to be just a short you know, a couple tidbits of what you could do to earn Freemasonry. And it just got too long to be a blog post. And I realize it's a little bit short to be a book, but, and, and you guys probably got through it in a day or so, but, um, I, I don't know. It was largely my opinion. And I'm getting some pretty good feedback. I mean, it's not all good, but uh, well, the great, the great thing about it being that short is, you know, everybody should read it. Yeah. Everybody I mean, can read it. Nobody yeah. has an excuse not to. Yeah. It's a good book to hand out to new guys who, <clears throat> You know, it's not that intimidating, and in the way it's written is is pretty understandable to somebody that's just coming into masonry. Now, about your blog, uh, what's the website of that again? It is uh, squareofvirtue.wordpress.com. Now, I have to ask a question. This may seem a little weird. Um, I was reading one the other day, and I think it was yours, but I could be wrong, that said a punk rock guy should not be a mason, and that's probably not for him. Was that you or another blogger? I don't believe that was me. I, I wouldn't have said something like that. Okay. Just making sure you didn't have a problem with punk rock. I was I was I was upset at that guy and almost got into it with him, but then I let it go. And actually I was listening to No Effects right before I uh turned you guys on, so there's banjos in punk rock. Uh dude, bluegrass is the original punk rock, so you can go fuck yourself. Okay. Um So yeah. let's like I want to talk about the one day class, because we don't have a one day class here. 
So we have no idea how it works other than the fact that we bitch and whine about it all the time because we know what's happening somewhere. So in the one-day class, uh, what was your overall thought the day you left the one-day class? Did you feel like a Mason? Did you feel like anything had changed? Did you feel well, like you learned anything? Actually, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, when I left that auditorium, I felt like a uh, part of the group Mason that particular day. I felt like I was something special. You know, you went in, I went in off the street, essentially. I mean, not off the street, but I did my three degrees. I then went through the Scottish Rite. Um, the, there was a couple degrees conferred. I can't remember off the top of my head, including the 32nd. And then I uh, went through the uh, shrine ceremony. So when I left that day, you know, I had my apron. I had the right to call myself a 32nd degree Master Mason or uh, Scottish Rite Mason, and I had a fez. To me, that was the coolest thing in the world. And at first, I thought I was really something. So it's it took a while to realize that um, I was a little bit over my head. You know, I didn't know anything at all, essentially, yeah. and that, that didn't come out until I got more involved in the, the actual bodies. Well, that's not too much different from, from our a, regularly yeah. made Masons here. Uh, they hit the third degree, and they're like, all right, I got it. I'll see you guys again maybe in 10 years. So did you, yeah. did you encounter – you kind of hinted at it in the book but never came out and said it. Did you encounter the, the kind of prejudice that, that we've reported on here – that one day class guys feel the first time they start going to lodge, like everybody pretty. Yes. And well, yes, and no, because for the last 10 years, now I, I became a Mason in 2004. You do get the snarky comments and whether people to admit that exists, I can attest to it, that it doesn't exist. And it might be people that don't even know they're doing it, but you'll hear from time to time. Oh, he's a one day classer. That explains it. Or, you know, he went through the one-day class. That's why he doesn't know. You know, there there are different things that come up from time to time that are almost like, wait a minute, guys. I I was a one-day class Mason, but um, I don't think as a new Mason I was any different than a traditionally made Mason. So there is a little bit of prejudice, especially from the die-hard traditionalists. Um, and one of the things I try to preach on quite a bit is that you can disagree with the one-day classes, but I always ask people to sort of hold their tongue when they're talking about the individual one-day Mason. Well, it's right. not their fault. They didn't know any better. It's not like you knew everything you were supposed to know and chose the one-day class. It's just they said, hey, you can go do all this in one day or we can drag it out over three months. And, of course, you're going to take the one-day class. Exactly. You know, my situation, I, I was away at college at the time, so it just made perfect sense to me that, oh, I'm joining a group, why don't I get it all done and out of the way? And it wasn't really until years later that I started to understand the ritual and the more <laughs> esoteric side of things, I guess, or, or really jump into the landmarks and the working tools and understanding the initiatic experience and how important that is. And while I, it's no secret that I do disagree with the one-day classes, um... I, they exist here where I live, so, and because they exist, I'm going to do my best to make the best of them. Um, yeah. And I think that a lot of times starts on uh, interview committees. There are people who will scream to their blue in the face that they're against a the one-day class, but 
at the same time, they're not doing anything to educate these potential new members what they would be missing or gaining by doing either method. Method, And I feel that if you are so against the one-day class, or if anybody's against the one-day class, go on an interview and say, look, this is an option that's available, but here is why you might not want to do it. And I'm sure there are people out there that are, that are very good at that, but unfortunately, in some jurisdictions where there are one-day classes, it's more of a membership grab. Let's get them in, get them to a one-day class, and get them paying dues. And uh, that's my personal observation. I'm sure it doesn't apply across the board, but that's just how I see things. Yeah, we we tend to see them that way as well. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like I think the the only people who really get robbed by the one day class are the guys taking the one day class. Grand Lodge. and they don't they don't realize that they're getting robbed because you know when you, when you use a phrase like brought to light, you don't know what that means. And uh, unfortunately, that is probably one of the experiences that uh, I mean I never got to experience, and I never will get to experience. I know exactly what it means, but I believe just watching a new candidate experience that, and it, that is something that really sticks with that person for the rest of their life. And uh, and it's also important to say that there are different methods of one day class conferrals as well. My method, where we were all in a auditorium, I think there was about 400 people there with me, is not the same. Some jurisdictions will do smaller class sizes. Uh, other people will bring three, or other jurisdictions will bring three or so candidates, and they'll all be at the altar at the same time. So there are, there are several different methods of one-day class uh, raisings, and some people call blue lightning, where they might confer the initiation, the being brought to light, in in lodge by yourself, but then the second and third degrees are um, conferred in an auditorium type style. So there, there are several different ways that jurisdictions do this. Now, in your class, how many was in your class the day you took it? There were about 400 in the total auditorium, but that was made up of several different lodges, and it even was different districts as well. Uh, we had some neighboring districts come to where this uh, event was happening. So there was every lodge in my district, and I think almost every lodge in a neighboring district were all here at the same um, auditorium. All right. Uh, what about, I've talked to a lot of one-day class guys, uh, thanks to the communications and new technology that you also talk about in the book. Uh, it really does kind of, widen the fraternity for us i get a chance to meet guys like there aren't a lot of one day class guys where we live because we don't do them one of the things that that i heard about recently which kind of surprised me was i was asking had you experienced this prejudice what about since you're a past master of your lodge have you ever personally felt this reverse prejudice or, or it might be better worded as jealousy uh when you conferred the inner apprentice or any other degree in the traditional manner upon a guy that's coming into your lodge and he's receiving the initiatic experience the way that in my mind it should be where it's just him and he's brought to light by the rest of the lodge on his own and he he, he gets that experience that that you were kind of deprived of do you ever find yourself being a little jealous or or do you see other one-day class guys holding that against well, hang on. Let the me traditional make it, guys? Let me make a distinction here in what you just said, though. I don't have a problem if it's three guys going through the traditional way together. Right. right. What I'm asking is, is do you run into one-day class guys, or have you even yourself 
kind of felt this this tinge of personal jealousy? I, I think so. And I don't know if jealousy is the word, but if I could go back in time and do it traditional, knowing what I know now, uh, absolutely, I would do it the traditional way. And is it jealous that you know jealousy that I you know see someone else and say, man, I wish I had that experience. I, I don't know if it goes that far, but it does motivate me to give that guy the best experience that I think that he deserves. And um, while my one day class was a very well run and successful, if it, and successful is a, a crazy word depending on how you want to look at it, um, it was put together by educated men. It was sort of a the first. I don't know if it was the first time it was tried in Pennsylvania, but it was an early time that this was done in Pennsylvania. Um, I don't think they knew exactly what the pitfalls were going to be. But over the years, as I've seen new men become masons the traditional way, and since I have conferred the uh, first, second, and third degree on people, I know the importance of making the initiatic experience a great thing to that they'll take with them for the rest of their life. Hopefully they will. And not everybody does. Some people could care less whether they're traditional or, or one day, but, um, do I get jealous? Not really, but, uh, I am motivated. Well, some people go through the traditional way and they throw it away as soon as they get raised too. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that several times where people just don't and that's, care. That's rough on the lodge when the lodge has gone through all, cause it takes a lot of work as you know, to bring somebody through in the traditional manner. And then when you never see them again, it's a it's, letdown. It's it's a bit of a letdown. I'm fine if an EA does it. If an EA comes in <laughs> yeah. and takes his degree and then never comes back, it's not for him. That's fine. Like I I totally understand that. I'm not going to fault a guy for skipping after his EA. But when he skips after his MM and he's put in all this work and and now he's just a card carrying deuce payer, mm-hmm. it, at that point it's like, all right, dude, what are you doing here? And I mean, you know, okay. go there, ahead, Adam. There's there's one. In my book, I say that I think that there is a time and a place for a one-day class conferral. And while it's not ideal, I do believe that there are certain instances where I have seen the one-day class journey actually work for some men. And uh, up here locally, there is a man who was born deaf. And years ago, this man wouldn't have been able to be a made mason. There used to be uh, a part that said you had to be pure in all your members, you know, yeah. yeah, this guy uh, had some sort of uh, operation, but he can hear now with the help of a, a hearing apparatus that's you know on his on his ear, and I think it might actually be you know part of his body now. That man, I, I think, uh, and folks like that do benefit from a one day class conferral because I don't know if they would be able to um, uh, learn the catechism. Yeah, and also there's situations where there are you know young men going off to war overseas. There are you know situations where I think that um, with the proper mentoring, that this might be such a bad thing. But again, it all comes back to mentoring, regardless of how you're yeah. made a mason. You know, yeah. it, one day or traditional, you're still going to need the, the lodge needs to step up their game with the mentoring, or else we're never going to see them again anyway. That's true. All right, hang on, Harlan. Before we move on to another topic, I I have to play a little gotcha here. Um, In your book, I highlighted a section that said, from the way we throw our signs, I have to ask you, sir, do you believe we are a gang? Are you you suggesting we're throwing Crip and Blood signs in the lodge? Are you trying to support Freemasonry Watch? Well, uh, in order order to control the world and 
um, you know, bring it to its knees one pancake breakfast at a time, you have to have your secret signs of communication. So, yes, I am. I am trying to. <laughs> All right. craft. All right. So that fellow craft one is scary. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. Around here, it gets mixed up to the point that it resembles another type a, of a fascist symbol. Yeah. Um, I, I have to well, correct guys on that all the time. It gets scary. And uh, also along those lines with throwing signs, uh, jurisdiction to jurisdiction, some folks give uh, – some jurisdictions give the due guard and some give the penalty. So uh, even you know that changes from uh, cross-jurisdiction as well. So Yeah, we, we do the due guard and penal sign that we throw on our area code as well. We're like, <laughs> we're, we, we do the sign and then we go, 215, what up? You don't want to tell them about the little dance that's specific to our lodge that everybody here no, does. Dude, why are you giving away our secrets? <laughs> so I don't know. I damn it! Okay. The uh, gosh, I'm somewhat familiar with the one day class experience in that I went through the Scottish Rite, which essentially everywhere is done in a one, two, or three day class format. Uh, pretty much, I would say almost identical to what you went through, except the degrees are different because we're in the southern jurisdiction. Oh. Dude, really? It's okay. Uh, it's okay. Have, do you have no, fucking no, 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 Tourette's? No, no, no. no, there's there's only there's only like what is there like eight, twelve? We narrow it down every episode. Everybody's going to know jurisdiction. What town we live in? Next, you're going to talk about the. Uh, I was getting ready to say a very a specific event to our area. <laughs> I mean, I was getting ready. It's very hard to to stay anonymous on the internet. Anyway, one of the things I found in the Scottish Rite because I had that experience of. I've got my new dues card and your fancy ring that's not really real. And uh, you don't really know what to do. And so I found the Scottish Rite Research Society. Um, you mentioned in your book about the academy that you took part in. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. the paper that is at the end of your book is one of your submissions within that academy. Tell us more about that. I'm, I'm very interested. Hang on. Well, we totally know about this academy because we're in the same state. Yeah. We totally know <laughs> all about this place. Well, I'll just recap for you then. Since you're since you are in the same state, we'll just uh, go from there. the The Pennsylvania Academy of Masonic Knowledge, in my opinion, is the best thing to happen to Pennsylvania Freemasonry. Uh, I got involved in this um, shortly before I became Worshipful Master. I, I was Worshipful Master in 2012, and uh, leading up to that. Someone said, hey, do you know about this uh, Pennsylvania Lodge of Research and the Pennsylvania Academy of Masonic Knowledge? And I had no idea about either. It has existed, I think, since 1996. But as I got to getting on the Grand Lodge website and looking around, I found that it was a free program. You know, it doesn't cost a dime. And too often there's these really awesome bodies and, uh, you know, opportunities for people, but it's an extra $40 in dues every year. Or, you know, you have to... You know, pay some type of monetary thing to be a part of it. Now, I'm not. I'm not going against. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but the academy sort of attracted me because it was something I could do in my spare time. I wasn't committed to going to any meetings, and uh, it didn't cost me anything. So I started reading books for the academy, and the way it's set up is you. There's three levels of um, scholarship, I guess, is what you want to call it, and. You have to read books and write evaluations, and every time you do that, you get a credit. Or if you give a presentation to your lodge, you get a credit. 
if you attend one of the academy meetings, I think you get a half credit. And as you accumulate these credits, uh, I, I don't know how many credits it takes to be certified as a level one scholar, but the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania says you read these books, you understood what they said, and uh, you've earned the right to call yourself a level one Masonic scholar. Level two bumps up the books a little bit. They're a little bit more difficult, or they might deal with different aspects of Freemasonry. And if you meet those requirements, then you become a level two. And the same is for level three. And after you complete level three, you're known as what's called a Master Masonic Scholar. And, uh, I mean, it's a title. It's a cool title to have. Currently, there's 30, 36 Master Masonic Scholars in Pennsylvania. And uh, do I feel like a scholar? No, not at all. I mean, I'm not... I mean, you guys looked at my book. It's double-spaced. Uh, it's not the very the, the most scholarly work, but I, I feel like I know what I'm talking about now a little bit more than just your general lodge member who might not have ever dove into a lot of these books that are on the recommended reading list. I think that this program is seeing an increase, especially because of social media. A lot of the guys I met through the Academy are online. They're on Facebook. A lot of them have their own blogs. And it just seems like it's getting more and more notice, especially with younger guys. I mean, people that are 27, 28, up through their 40s, I'm seeing a lot more of that age group really get serious about Freemasonry and, and really get serious about the working tools and understanding the um, landmarks of the fraternity more than just being card carriers anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a trend going all across the country. We see that here where the younger guys are the ones who seem to be wanting to get a little something more out of it than what they would the Elks or the Rotary or anything like that. And, and on that topic, let me uh, throw in this quote from your book that I highlighted because I really liked it. This society does not exist to serve the community. Believe it or not, we are supposed to not supposed to be a group of patriotic men waving flags for the sake of promoting national pride. These things are side effects that happen because of the lifestyles taught and promoted through Freemasonry. I believe that's a very astute observation that most people don't grasp. I, I think so as well. And it, like most men, I think when I joined the fraternity, I, I thought that it was a patriotic society. And, and if you talk to any of my you know personal friends, they'll tell you that I'm Captain America. I'm Mr. Patriot. But that's not what Freemasonry is. I mean, obviously, we, we do pledge our allegiance to the flag every, every meeting. And, um, but this is universal. Uh, this goes beyond national boundaries so it's not necessarily a, a patriotic uh, supposed to be a patriotic organization uh, or strictly patriotic but it's it's more than a social club or a civic club as well and you hear people say oh we don't do anything we should be out volunteering we should be out doing this we should we should we should and everybody says what we should be doing and if you just live your life as a freemason you're going to by default be doing more charity. You're going to be volunteering more. And uh, you don't need to arrive with six other Masons to volunteer somewhere. Yeah, you get... just volunteer because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and a lot of times that feels like those guys are doing that for the sole purpose of let's get our picture in the Masonic... Masonic. Oh, fuck. Damn it. Now I have the Tourette's. I just said the name of our local Masonic paper. Of your local <laughs> Masonic newspaper. <clears throat> 
The Pennsylvania Freemason, of course, is what you're referring <laughs> yeah, to. That is a, yes, the Pennsylvania Freemason. Which is a fantastic publication. Uh, since we started the show and Jason uh, <laughs> railed against the Grandmaster and his sunshades, I mean, I've been regularly reading the Pennsylvania I still want Freemason. A sunshade. Adam, do you think you could get us a sunshade? You know, uh, if I bring a couple more masons, then I might be able to get a sunshade. Right. Like, I really need one of those sunshades. Yeah, so we were... Uh, the problem is I, I don't have a clue where to send it to, so it would just be up here. Well, we were planning a trip that fell through yeah. uh, to visit the Grand Lodge in Philadelphia, because you guys are doing a table lodge there on the 26th. Um, we had some things come up that won't enable us to go, but... Uh, we were going. One of the those things, things are Harlan <clears throat> bullshit. For the record, what, what <laughs> table lodge? No, the things that came up that didn't allow us to go. Oh yeah, okay. Because you had to work anyway. Um, one of the things Jason was worried about, and, and from what I understand from your biography, you are uh, actively involved in your Grand Lodge as well. Uh, no, I mean I'm not actually physically at the Grand Lodge. Right. Uh, the um, the Academy of Masonic Knowledge is. Uh, exists with permission of the Grand Lodge, but uh, I don't do really, like, I don't travel oh. to Philadelphia, and that's about four hours from where I live. One of the things we were worried about Oh, so you're was... in the in the western part of PA, then? Yeah, south-central Pennsylvania, actually. Westside. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> so you're in, like, you're in, like, my kind of area of Pennsylvania. You're in the, in the hill country. Yes, sir. Steeler country, and it's, uh, uh, pretty, pretty rural where I'm from. Yes. Awesome. Yes. So one of the things that, that we were kind of hoping would happen when we were still planning on going was we were going to be at Grand Lodge for this table lodge, and the Grand Master was going to be there, and I was going to personally introduce Jason in hopes that like he had listened to our show. I thought maybe you could tell us if it was actually safe for Jason to enter that jurisdiction or not, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I I'm gonna hold comments there. I, I took <laughs> I, I took an oath to um, help aid and assist and uh, do the best I could to uh, not injure the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania, and and that is an oath that I that I, I, I stand by. I think by. we're more worried about me getting injured. Yeah, I think we're worried about Jason the injury. Grand Lodge getting injured. <laughs> yeah, was, well, assuming there's nobody on no other Masons on Earth named Jason, I think that you should be fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me throw out one more quote. Um, that I just loved before we move on to another topic. Year after year, the secretaries can become self-involved auto- autocrats. I can't say this word today. Hey. Say it. Are you are you calling I, me an autocrat, sir? Sir, I did this job for seven years. Yeah. This is your first year. You're not there yet. An autocrat. Autocracy? Yeah, that's it. Adam said it. In many respects, it is a thankless job that many men do not realize takes a significant amount of out-of-the-lodge personal time. Uh, I like how you call us a tyrant. And, and and like at the same time a, a self sacrificing person. I, I enjoy uh, that that uh, portrayal yeah, that was, of that's secretary. some Plato's Republic stuff right there. That's <laughs> well, I've never been secretary, but what I have watched don't is... ever do it for real. Like don't let them talk uh, you into it. Somebody's gonna try to talk you into it one day. Don't let it happen. They are not your friend. What I have watched is uh, secretaries put in a lot of their own personal time that uh, folks don't even have a clue what these guys are doing before lodge, after lodge, during the week. And I see these guys really pulling at threads to make things happen and make things in order. And it seems like uh, when someone's mad, they go to the secretary and complain about something. Or when their dues card's late or when there's yeah. you know a typographical error, they you know want to jump on a secretary. And... Uh, the autocracy, 
don't I don't mean that to be negative, but there are I don't know how it is down where you guys are, but there are <laughs> I don't know how it is where you guys are, but <clears throat> there's a lot of correspondence that comes from Grand Lodge. Some yeah. is very important and some is not important. And the guy that wants to be really involved and wants to know everything might be just one guy in Lodge. So the secretary has to make that decision. Do I want to read this four-page correspondence verbatim, or do I just want to gloss it over and say, it's up here on my desk. If you're interested, come read it. So they can take that liberty. They can sort of pick and choose what and how much of anything they want to share the meeting night. Uh, Some things have to be read verbatim, but there are a lot of things, and I think everybody can agree, that can be glossed over. So that's where the you know, he gets to make that call. He, him solely gets to stand up there and say, uh, this is important enough to share, or this is not, you know, if anybody wants it, come up here to my desk, you can read it anytime you want. And then nobody does. Yeah. When you said, and that's, yeah, nobody. (laughs) So when you said pulling threads and autocracy in the, in my mind, I was picturing more like puppet strings. Um, that's our because you're an evil person, Harlan. Our experience around here is that a lot of times the secretary is, well, the most involved past master in the lodge. And sometimes, not necessarily in our lodge, but in a lot of lodges, it gets to the point where the secretary is presiding over the lodge from the secretary's desk and that he's spoon-feeding the master what he's supposed to do before and after each meeting, organizing the degrees, and, and essentially being the guy running the lodge – which may or may not be healthy, but is it like that? And I, I think that happens in all jurisdictions. It, it's, but I've talked to a lot of Masons all over the country, and it, I'm getting the same story there. And I think it's, it's no secret why. The secretaries are there year after year after year. Your master is there for a year, maybe two. Um, a lot of lodges recycle them again and again. But for the most part, you're master of the lodge for your year. And while... It is your butt on the line, and you get to say and do things that you want for your year. The secretary is the one that has to, you know, pick up the pieces or make sure that, you know, hey, you have this event coming up, or, or every year we do this event, you got to start planning it. Um, the secretaries are the one that are going to be more uh, involved with Grand Lodge correspondence. They're going to be more involved with the other lodge secretaries. There are a lot of worshipful masters that come in, do their year, don't really have much uh um want or uh, need to know everything that's going on outside of what he's planning for his own meeting and then you so, never see that master again usually when he's out of the chair that happens probably what would you say harlan 70 percent of the time uh, around here it's about half the time but yeah but i mean on average 70 percent of the time that master just kind I like of stops showing up think of myself and other secretaries as the chief of staff of their lodge in the same way that you know the president has a chief of staff and wow yeah you're yeah. yeah well it's like that you're really your yeah. head's really yeah. getting a little large over everybody it is uh, somebody finally recognized that that i do something when i was secretary i thought of myself as the chief peon yeah that was my job i yeah. was the one that all the old men yelled at on a daily basis <laughs> for whatever reason and then i was the one that had to clean up y'all's messes so why is it now that you're not secretary, all the old men still yell at you? Yeah. They just was, got, it's force of habit. Some of them have Alzheimer's. They don't remember that I'm not secretary anymore, so I still get phone calls. And Yeah. Why did my dues go up a dollar? I don't know. And for the record, I didn't give you a hard way to go. You didn't. 
necessarily. No, I did it on your behalf. Oh, okay. Yeah, Harlan. Harlan was like five masters in one. How many times did you roll me out of order last year, Harlan? Oh, that got to the point where we were going to have you a shirt made that just said "I'm out of order." <laughs> uh, all right. So. And, and I don't want to give the wrong impression of this book because we spent a, a whole bunch of time on one day class. Like the one day class part of this book, although it's in the title, is like what three or four chapters at most. Yeah, I mean the rest of the book is very valid for anybody in just about any jurisdiction who is a newer Mason. Or- and I, I was, I was hoping that that's how it. Um, the book is not necessarily about the one day class, but I had to give my background. You know, why did I choose the one day class, or why did I? You know, what made me a one day Mason, and uh, what did I do to earn it back? And the big chunk in the middle is actually what I present on when I go around to different lodges. That's what I'm presenting on is, okay, I've, I believe that I have earned Freemasonry. This is how I think you guys could earn Freemasonry. And uh, I happen to be a one-day Mason, and that's how I redeemed my membership. And some people that I've talked to said, well, you shouldn't, have the, you shouldn't feel the need to redeem your membership. Well, I shouldn't, but I did. You know, I felt like uh, I owed it back to the fraternity, and I owed it as proof that um, no matter how you become a Mason or how not involved, you might not be involved for 10 years and then want to be involved. Here's uh, some suggestions on how you might be able to pull it off. And one last question as far as how you feel about things. If tomorrow you could snap your fingers and every new Mason had to learn the catechism, for all three degrees, is that something you would want to happen, or do you think that's something that's not as important in today's society? Uh, now, this is my personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, yes, if I was in charge and if I had to uh, make it my way, you would not advance until you at least showed some sort of proficiency, uh, at least in your oath and obligation. Uh, I wouldn't say that you would need to uh, you know, have the ritual memorized by any means, but I think that... Uh, if I was uh, the guy in charge, there would be a little bit more um, emphasis on uh, what did you learn before you advanced to the next degree. And, and that's nothing new. I mean, that is something that used to be common, but it's just we've gotten away from that a little bit. And other jurisdictions really do a great job with that. Um, we just don't, um, I, I guess, promote that aspect of things here uh, the way I would like to see it done. There are some individual lodges that are really good at this. Again, it's yeah. I, I speak in general terms because my experience does not necessarily mean that's across the board. And uh, some of the feedback I got said just that. You know, well, he's speaking from his own opinions, which apply to some people but alienate a whole lot of others. Well, I, so, I feel like the majority of your opinions in that book applied to every Mason that I'm familiar with in just about any jurisdiction. I mean, that's <laughs> and I, I, you know. You had said that you, some people had gave some criticism that it was almost like you were coming out in favor of a one-day class, and I didn't get that sense at all. I got the sense that you were like, this is what's happening, so this is what we're doing. Yeah, and exactly. There, there has been some folks that make it seem as though I'm, I'm in favor of the class by saying, look, we can have one-day classes as long as you do this. I'm not in favor of the one-day classes, but I'm just looking at it realistically. They are here. And while they're here, I'm going to do my best to make sure that the Masons that are using those um, use it correctly. Or at least that's what I'm attempting to do with this book. All right. Yeah, that's definitely appreciated. Do you, do you feel 
that the one day class is here to stay for good or just here to stay for the next long while? Oh, um, I'd love to say that it's just, uh, you know, stopping by to visit here for the last couple of years. But unfortunately, I think that we will see one day classes from now on um, in some manner. I, I think that they might uh, morph over time. Um, maybe they'll, you know, modify slightly, but I think that there will always from moving on be a, some sort of one day option. Um, I could be wrong. Um, if that's the case, then I'll do my best to make them successful to the best of my ability. Uh, my hope is that, uh, we can get back to, um, some of the landmarks and some of the traditions, but you guys know as well as I do, a lot of times once something has changed and once the cat is out of the bag, it's very, very difficult to rein that back in. It's like taxes. They never go away. <laughs> no. <laughs> or Grand Lodge dues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I had a question and I lost it. Oh, shit. Well, hmm. uh, Worshipful Producers, do any of you have any other questions for Adam? I don't think so. Uh, I think we covered pretty much everything there. Well. I mean, there's a lot to the book. We we could we could do a two hour stint on it. But, well, uh, I would still like him to be able to sell some books. So yeah, let's not do yeah. the whole book. <laughs> don't give it all away. I don't want to tell who dies at the end either, because that was quite a twist. It was like M Night Shyamalan kind of twist. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was enough room on that board for him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was. Oh boy. God. <laughs> Did he just make a Titanic joke? Did I, that just I, happen? I think so. I'm sad. Oh, God. I, I don't know if I don't know if that can be edited out either. It might have to stay. <laughs> it's it's kind of intermixed with too many other things. Uh, I almost sold. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Worshipful producer Marshall, do you have uh, any questions for Adam? Yeah, I don't have a question, but uh, on behalf of the craft, uh, I I appreciate the fact that you took it serious enough. That you went the extra step, even though it was, you know, a one-day class, and you didn't get the full experience. And I, I just hope that uh, more follow in your footsteps. And, and I hope so too. I, I that was the goal. I I hope that people see it that way. Um, but if not, nobody has to agree with anything I write in my book. Um, that's what I feel, and I, I wanted to share it with the world, so it's out there. If anybody cares to give it a read. Very good. All right, Adam, do you have uh, do you have anything else you'd want to share with the uh, share with our audience before we move on to? Well, there's no yeah. going back today. <laughs> if you don't mind, um, I just want to say that uh, because since I put this book out, I have been getting a lot of speaking um, requests, and it's been I'm so grateful for that. And uh, there is a an event coming up here in Pennsylvania. If anybody's interested. Uh, this isn't until September, but it's uh, the first annual Masonic Education Symposium brought by or hosted by Wilmington Lodge, and that is going to be September 20th. And if you go to drivenbylight.com, there's more information, and, and we're selling tickets for it. But that is one of the events that I'm speaking at here in Pennsylvania, and it's an all-day symposium. There's uh, quite a few speakers. Uh, Charles Harper will be speaking um, Juan Sepulveda, um, myself, and Sean Gorley. So um, it's going to be a pretty good day with breakfast, lunch, and dinner served, like a real meal, not a cold ham sandwich. And uh, that's just the only thing that I have that's big on the horizon coming up. Other than that, I really don't have anything to offer except uh, thanks for reading my book and you know, thanks for uh, 
promoting it for me. I, I'm I'm grateful. Yeah, it, it really is worth a read. It's for good to know anybody. Yeah, that every jurisdiction has that in common that you try to bring people to events by advertising the food that's going to be there. Yeah. Liver, liver <laughs> don't fly no more. No. So to be fair, that symposium sounds awesome. It does. I wish our state had something like that. I it mean, does. We, we, I mean, does. I'm glad our state that has something like our that. State. No, no, we, we, there are also other states that have, uh, sympo- in fact, I believe the, uh, Masonic restoration foundation has something coming up, uh, in Ohio. Cincinnati. Right? Yeah, yeah, Cincinnati. That's what it was. All right, Adam, I got to ask you this question uh, because you're well aware that all of us here at After Lodger are pancake flipping Martinist. Um, mm-hmm. What is your opinion of TO Lodges? Uh, I actually admire them. And the, oh, the feedback you get, the negative feedback you get from TO Lodges is, oh, they're elite, they're elitist, they're elitist, they're elitist. And, and that's the negatives that you hear. Well, we are. But <laughs> well, I don't look at it that way. There's There are. <laughs> You guys are, are – people in TO Lodges are supposed to be elite Masons. And uh, one of the arguments I have is that there's a difference between being elite and being elitist, uh, even though that you know, it's the same root word. But Yeah, Harlan's uh, both. We're, that, we're, we're the latter and not yeah, the former. Both, both of those describe <laughs> Harlan. He's an elite um, I would, elitist. I would love to see more TO Lodges. Because, like we said earlier, Freemasonry is different for everybody. So some people want to be a, a card carrier in a regular lodge. Some people really want to get that initiatic experience. They want to get um, the most they can out of the ancient landmarks of Freemasonry. And we have several TO lodges in PA. I think we have two, um, one near Pittsburgh and one out east. There's no TO lodges in central Pennsylvania. But, you know... I admire the TO Lodges, but I also think it's important to say that any lodge can go back and, and work on correcting their missteps. They don't necessarily have to be hold the, the label TO Lodge. Um, you know, you can just take your own lodge and transform it into something that's a, a little bit better. That's, that's a process. You need dedicated men to do that. Um, I'd love to see more TO Lodges and more traditional um, practices, but uh, for right now... No, yeah, we got to deal with what we have. I think we're seeing that in our area a little bit more. People incorporating some to ideals, but not yeah. going full pancake flipping Martinus. Yeah, our uh, our pancake flipping lodge is incorporating ideals from our Martinus lodge, and vice versa. It's I'm it's kind of cool to see how that, that works. Martinus term, <laughs> just for the record. Yeah, it's become a uh, it's become a meme at this point. It, like it, it is, it but it doesn't have a real meaning. It still makes me feel yeah. a little dirty. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, Adam, thanks again for uh, taking the time to talk to us. And for those of you listening, uh, you can pick up Adam's book. He has a Kindle edition, which was very convenient for us uh, so that we could read it this week without waiting on shipping. We'll have the Amazon link uh, up in the show notes. And a link to his blog. And if you have an address for the symposium, send that to us too so we can direct people to uh, where they can sign up for that or whatever. Will do. Also, uh, I, I wanted to mention it is on Amazon and Kindle, uh, but if you go to the the blog uh, squareofvirtue.wordpress.com, uh, if you buy through PayPal from my blog, I will personalize it to you and uh, send it out in the mail. I, I send priority, so uh, it doesn't take that long to get to you. But that's another option for you if you wanted to personalize. All right, awesome, Adam. Do you want to hang on for the rest of the show? I think Harlan's got some uh, his weekly topic that. I'm not a fan of and everything, but if you, you know, need to hang on, you can. 
I'm actually getting a couple eyeballs from my wife from uh, across the room, and I think that I'm going to have to uh, hop off here and take care of some family stuff this afternoon. But uh, I, I do really appreciate the offer. I wish I could stay on, but yeah, you got um, that 24-inch gauge and all. Uh, we know how that yeah. goes. <laughs> all right, Adam. So. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, this has been uh, a good talk, and uh, I hope it uh, opens some brothers' eyes on the one-day class so that. We can better understand it where we don't have it, and I suggest everybody pick up your book because, like I said, I think it's a really good read, and it's something everybody ought to at least be familiar with, the concepts that are contained within it. Well, great. All right. Well, Brother Adam, we'll see you around. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming Thank on, you. brother. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Adam. Bye. What a swell guy. Yeah, no, that was that was nice. That was a change of pace for us. Yeah, we don't we... normally... Uh, Go all NPR okay. on this show? No, that was that was entirely too educational and informative for what we're used to doing so, here. Guys, we're going to have to fit a lot of uh, yeah. fart there's, jokes. In there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of fart jokes coming in of... the next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of them that I have um, before I get to my weekly segment is we received an email this week, and I don't know if you've read it, so I might have to read it to you. Because although you can read a book, I, I don't know if you figured out the interwebs just yet. So, Says the guy who never goes on any of our interwebs things. Yeah, yeah. So this email reads, <clears throat> Jason, for those of who still doubt the evil that is inherent in Freemasonry on all levels, one need not look further than the most recent episode of the After Lodge podcast. It is clear that Jason's homoerotic fantasies involving Tiki Jack are a result of the Masonic worship of Satan hmm. and their acceptance of evil and the Prince of Darkness into their dark hearts and blackened souls. I don't know how many times I've got to tell these people, I do not worship Satan. Satan's too high of a level. It's, it's Bahamut. Yeah. yeah. From the moment you, be, you take your first rite as a Mason, your heart begins to shrivel and the evils of homosexuality, narcissism, Judaism, Martinism, and socialism consume your immortal soul. Damn, you're like three out of the two there. You're unabashed. Three, rather. You're unabashed. <laughs> no, meant. you had it right the first time. Your unabashed and unashamed use of the devil's foul language further evidences your subservience to the Dark Lord. But fear not, vile and wretched sinner, for even you have hope for salvation. Repent. This guy sounds like our chaplain. He, uh, you must, are you sure it's not the chaplain? No. You must publicly renounce Freemasonry and its false prophets in the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania and all other grand bodies. And Pennsylvania was written out like that. I, I had to read it in yeah. context. Yeah, I think we all got that, Harlan. You must first seek forgiveness for your sins from your chaplain, a man of God whom you have sinned against. You must take a page from mm. the sinner Harlan's book, meet with the brother chaplain in a dark room, Kneel before him and confess your sins. That is the first step to salvation, you wretched sinner. That does not sound like a good time. You must send a check for 35% of your yearly income to the United Church of the Loose Genitalia. 35%? Along with a doll detailing where the bad chaplain touched you and how much you enjoyed it on a scale from 1 to 10. (laughs) Only by following this path of the righteous can you be saved from eternal damnation. This offer is only valid to you, Sinner Jason, for this tithe to save your soul cannot be paid by Harlan's government handout money. <laughs> Alu- That's a good one. Illegal alien one. lodge gardeners automatically gain admittance to the Celestial Landscapers Local 333, where the grass is never greener on the other side. <laughs> And your producers are beyond salvation. 
having refused to pull the plug on this podcast <laughs> after episode one. Yeah, fucked up on that one. Sincerely, Richard Hang Loosely. What? There is a guy named Richard Hang Loosely? I apologize, Harlan. So, so anyway, he says in all serious note, though, your podcast is a breath of fresh air and exemplifies the fellowship and brotherly love that is a key tenet of masonry. Keep up the good work, brothers. And I don't know if I should. should I, is it okay to read who that was actually from? I mean, use like his. Yeah, does the, he include like a username and yeah. not his actual yeah. name? JC Mason Squared. All right. Well, JC, thank you for that email. We got quite a laugh out of that this morning. Uh, it was actually really hard to compose ourselves uh, before Adam came on to take some time to be a little serious. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, so do you have my uh, do you have my Rush Limbaugh music? I'm not. Up, I'm buddy? not playing that. You, it's not happening. I'm gonna have to do it myself. You know what? I'll put it in post recording. No, you won't. So now it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the no, week. No, it's not. Yes. It's nobody's it is favorite time segment. Tell them Rush. Harlan's favorite segment. And I don't have my Rush music, but I'm, I'm going to snip it in there somewhere. No, you're not. So. <laughs> la, 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 la. Not happening. For those of you that follow our Facebook page, which you can just find by searching After Lodge on Facebook, somebody took a lot of time. Hey, Harlan, uh, what's, what's the RC? No. No. No, what's, what's the RC? You now? can come hang out with us and hang out. With, with all of our friends on irc.quakenet.org, pound sign Freemasonry. Uh-huh. And what's, what's our email again? I don't know what our email is. Why would anybody care? No one uses email. You just read you, an email. You just dummy. read a letter that was sent to our email from our email. You can email us at afterlodge at gmail.com. Stop trying to derail my segment. I'm doing this. <laughs> so on the Facebook page, somebody put up a picture. It was very well done with Fred Phelps. In front of that Malaysian plane in the background. It was, it was Jamie Gunn, for the record. Yeah, I, I didn't have Facebook up because I got our recording stuff. Um, but yes, this is very funny. And a picture of Jason, which Jason says looks nothing like him, but I think it's pretty spot on. In a wedding dress. That dude's eyes were like totally crossed. My getting, eyes are at least straight. Shit. Getting married to a tiki head in a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was hilarious. And... In the comments, oh, you forgot the Niagara Falls part. Oh, you yeah, you didn't notice yeah, it, it was, was at, at it was Niagara, at Niagara Falls. Falls, which that's where that Malaysian plane is. It's the one place nobody looked. Yeah, nobody goes there. So, my special segment of the week is not for the gentleman that made this picture, which was fantastic, or for Mister Tiki Jack, who really should know better than encouraging Jason's homoerotic behavior. Hmm. But rather, it is Mrs. Tiki Jack. Tiki Jack also sent me the scene from Officer and a Gentleman where Richard Gere comes in and picks up What's-Her-Face and walks her out on the Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway, go on. Mrs. I'm sorry I keep interrupting this segment. Mrs. Tiki Jack likes. wrote a comment that I approve of this union and it brings a tear to my eye or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Now, Madam, if you know anything about Jason... You should be encouraging your husband to stay as far away from him as possible. So that you're encouraging this kind of behavior between the two makes me think, madam, with all due respect, that you're loose. Did Harlan just... Yeah, yeah, no, it's... it's... I mean, just... Okay, let me just line this out for a second. All right. So Harlan, on this segment that everyone hates and no one wants to do, you said that Not about everybody the back, it. and it became a sensation. So. No, it didn't. No, it okay, didn't. You're, you're all in denial. It's still just you. Okay. Yeah. I have emails that prove otherwise. But, but okay. let me just get this straight. That you just called out 
Yes. A brother who happens to listen to this show. Yes. His wife. Yes. You called out for yes. having loose genitalia. No. No, I did not. I said, I'm afraid that her dick may be loose. I think you want to look at what you just said in context. Okay. Um. No, really, it was it was very funny. Uh, and I just really wish that she knew better than allowing her husband to associate with you. So I'm hoping that word of this gets around so that she'll learn better and stop I, this madness. Because she's the only one that can. I, um... Uh... I, for one, am glad we're including women in Harlan's segment. Yeah. Like the the yeah. show could at I'm least promote equal, gender equality. An, an equal opportunity pisser offer. Yeah, that. Piss off a nader? Yeah. EO, buddy. EO. I would just like to take this second to uh, to vocalize my concern that anybody thinks that Harlan speaks for the group as a whole. Harlan's thoughts and opinions are his own. Not affiliated with any grand or subordinate lodge of Freemasons. They, they or are this not. podcast. <laughs> I, I wish they weren't like associated with this podcast but i reckon they are um in some respects and for that i would like to apologize for not being able to pick a better co-host even though it was a joint ideal i still think i should have vetoed him joining it yeah uh from the very beginning you could always replace me with the chaplain i i think it's he almost needs to time. serve his penance first because yeah. no, his penance would be hosting the show with the chaplain. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a good point. Well, yeah, I, I just think that um, at least with the chaplain, we wouldn't have a weekly segment um, that is now degraded into picking on listeners' wives. No, you would have a weekly segment that's degraded to pull my finger jokes. That would happen. Yeah, he is very <laughs> fond of pull my finger jokes to the point where I'm like, dude, like my grandpa didn't even think this was this funny. Uh, so go sit at the old man table and y'all pull each other's fingers. <laughs> the chaplain would have his own segment. It would be like the loose halo of the week. Yeah, yeah, that would, maybe he would do that. Yeah. Um, so Harlan, you had some other topics prepared for the day, but I think we're like, what are we looking like on time? Uh, we're we we got about fifteen minutes max, but I think unless you guys have something else, this might be. I mean, we have a couple like mini topics we could go into, or we okay. could go into no, we'll, we'll that save topic. It. It's left entirely up to you. We'll save it because you know I haven't quite figured out how to uh, break it down into terms that hill people can understand, and it would be useless hmm. without my co-host. So, hmm. you know, as we just heard from Adam, I think there are a lot more hill people than you realize that listen to yeah. this show. I think yeah. maybe you ought to double think your hatred of the hill peoples. Yeah, compared to you, though, Adam is an exceptional oh. hill person. I mean, everybody's just all confused. I mean, the email that I just read actually thought that there was any hope of your salvation. It, it, it's everything's all all awry. Hmm. There's still people everywhere. Hmm. Weren't you born in like West Pennsylvania? <laughs> wow. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna throw that out there. But I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure you were like like you have West Pennsylvania DNA. Like in yeah. your blood. Yeah, I'm gonna have to bleep this out. Like I don't. Times. Do you want to go ahead and give out a social? Yeah, I mean, he was born in West Pennsylvania. That doesn't mean we live in West Pennsylvania. Okay, it's we, coming out. You can just be. Here's it. my birth certificate, by the way. If you want to post that in the show notes, can I? Do you have a copy of your social security card and two forms of identification on you and your mother's maiden name at all times? Because I do kind of need a loan that I've been turned down for, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they don't really 
you know, look too hard at the place I get my loans, at the IDs and such. So if I could just borrow that from you. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about it. swear I'm good for it. I swear I'm absolutely good for it. Mm. <clears throat> All right, so many topics. Uh, well, one is the uh, Prince Hall Lodge in oh, Connecticut yeah. is being foreclosed on. Yeah. And uh, so they're asking for donations. Uh, how does a Grand Lodge get so behind that they're being foreclosed on? Like, I'm sure there's like a series of tragedy there, but... I, it you know, just, I don't it know. just seems like that's something that wouldn't happen. Like, why is the Grand Lodge still being paid for if they've been in that building for so many years? They they took out a, a new mortgage, I think, in the last decade. But I was puzzled at that because around here, Prince Hall Lodges all have enormous sums of money compared to their counterpart yeah. lodges. And uh, they look at us a little bit like their broke hillbilly cousins around yeah, here. Yeah, it's. I'm not. I don't know. Oh, it's this asshole. He's going to ask me for money again. Shit. Yeah. I guess, long story short, if if you guys, especially if you live in the area, can can help them out in some way, not necessarily in the form of monetary donations, although that's great, but maybe you live in the area and you have some real estate contacts or some such thing that you could call them up with and I, I don't know. If there's any way we can help out, we'd, we'd like to do so. I mean, those are our brothers and the headquarters of their lodge system is. Yeah. It's a messed up situation. I don't like knowing that maybe like they're just not doing as good in that state as what they are in most other places or maybe the financial collapse. They were, I don't know, invested poorly with like Madoff or something. Who knows what happened there? Madoff. Yeah. Madoff. There's a loose century. Okay. He got away with it for a really long time. He like yeah. lived high on the hog for a long I time. I think I Harlan's just a little, I'm a little jealous, jealous, actually. Yeah, that's yeah, where didn't. I was going. <laughs> he didn't I mean, pull that I... caper off. Harlan's yeah. like, this is how I would have done it. Harlan's like, I, me. Uh, he's pissed at the cheat for screwing up the jumble caper. That's yeah. that's where Harlan's at right now. Yeah. I mean, if I, could, if I could live high on the hog on Jason's retirement and leave him broken penniless, I would happily do <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, there was another mini topic. Does anybody remember what it was? No. No, these were all in your head, friend, because we don't have the Glenn Beck out today. I, like, sent it to the email. and Oh, standardized versus non-standardized ritual was a good one. I don't um, know that we have time for that at all. Uh, we do on this podcast. Okay. No. All right. Good <laughs> discussion of standardized versus... Uh... I mean, it, it has it has its ups and downs. When you got a standardized ritual, then all of the nitpickers actually have something to nitpick about. Um, whereas around here where we do not have such a thing, every lodge does something different. So it's really hard for visiting brethren to do anything but visit and comment on how they had a good time instead of coming over and flopping their book out and calling out every guy at every lodge they visit when they screw something up. Well, I I just think it becomes too easy for the Grand Lodge to cut out parts they don't like. That too. Much like the Scottish Rite kind of does, where we don't do this degree anymore because we're not a fan of it, so you just don't receive that degree anymore. We save that degree for Controversial Thursday, and we don't do degree work on Thursday, so sorry. Yeah, I I just didn't see anything get stirred up on this Thursday. I thought it was going to be like a weekly thing, and like I was waiting like all day, like, come on, guys. I think after last week, everybody was kind of burned out. Yeah, that's Um, possible too. I I think our our friend with with the post that was the topic of last week... uh, just it was it was like three weeks worth in one thread it was it was hot and heavy there for a while <laughs> uh yeah, yeah don't do that again you should know better 
He's going to do it again. Come talk about those things with us on IRC. Don't post them on Reddit. Yeah, yeah IRC. Like, we do a little more than idle in there, unfortunately. Well, I mean, I would be in there today, but I'm going to go help Brother Chaplin Jr. Um, do Josh labor. He is cried about yes. more than yes. doing this roof than what it's actually going to take him to do this roof. Yeah, yeah. I, I got myself in this hole. I accepted the Godfather's favor. Yeah. Favor, great favor. And you sound uh, like me over, brother. Yeah, you're rubbing off on me. Quit sitting so close. Yeah, the ferryman cometh. <sighs> anyway, um. So uh, what do you got going on this week, Arlen? Anything important? Uh, you don't even no, know what you're doing this week. I, it's all a blur, man. It stays so crazy. I know there's uh, some stuff coming up with the new kid. Uh, there's some fancy baby shower things going on with my wife, which means what I'm going to be doing is trying to get as far away from my home as possible. Um, also, for uh, those of you who aren't Jason, um, <coughs> Easter is next week. What? You're a Jew. Yeah. Are you calling me out for Easter for? You're a Jew. Okay. Isn't it like Passover or yes. some shit? It's not that, that, Easter oh, for you. That is what I'm doing this week. I knew there was something going on where. How I do had, I know more about your religion than you do? <laughs> well, I knew I had like I had people coming over, and I'm I, this I, Jew celebrating Easter. I want to know how you know more about his weekly plans than he does. Well, I'm Jason, just saying he's talking about Easter. Jason's no know, longer the you lodge know the secretary. Jews don't believe in Jesus, right? Yeah, I, I'm aware of that. What kind of Jew church are you going to? <laughs> Jason is is no no longer the lodge secretary because he's my personal secretary, so it's his job to like book. Those I prefer things. personal assistant. Yeah, so he's he's invited like my friends and family over for the Pesach seder and and the what? Yeah, he's he's he doesn't know how to pronounce it, so he, just, he just like sends it out in the email. Did he and just then, speak in German? I then, was wondering why when he asked what you were doing this week, he opened his flip book and just started reading through all the things yes, you were doing yes. this week. Okay, yeah. I understand now. I'm trying to get him an iPad, but. Um, he thinks I that I should that provide that for him instead oh. of buying it with I, his own no, money. No, I'm not going to use the devil's technology. Let's yeah. just get you know how many clear. Doge coins it would take to buy an iPad? Huh? Steve Jobs was the answer. Right now, I don't think there are enough Doge coins to buy an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he can't buy it with the food stamps he has. Doge coins are his only other money. Y- y'all stop, man. That, that Doge coin. That, <laughs> <laughs> that Doge coin crash really, really cleaned me out, man. It was much sad. It's much <laughs> loss. <laughs> It's bad news, man. I I kind of invested everything in in fake internet <laughs> currency based around a meme dog. And, so, uh, so you would have been better off with Bernie Madoff. <laughs> I, I had bought in like bought yeah bought in, I said bought in. I had bought in like five computers just on mine. Yeah. Don't worry, Jason Harlan has an investment opportunity for you. Oh, really? Yes. I have. We'll talk some, about it at, at Passover. I have some oceanfront property in Nebraska. And I mean, there's a cat. It, it's it's fantastic, and it's guaranteed to double within the next five years. Do all your exes also live in Texas, and that's why you hang your hat in Tennessee? Uh, if you're going to quote George Strait songs, I'm going to quote them back at you. He George, didn't, he didn't quote one. It's it's in Arizona with George Strait. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. okay, now I see where you were going. I'm not a big country music fan, so Neither I was a little lost for a yeah. minute. Sorry, Marshall is the resident country music expert. Well, it explains it explains the huge hat in that belt buckle that looks like he wrestled Hulk Hogan for. <laughs> I, I believe he did wrestle Hulk Hogan for that belt buckle. It's um, possible. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. He's, he's big enough. <laughs> I would not doubt it. How about you, Marshall? What do you got going on this week? Oh, not much this week. Just helping my brothers out and doing some things around the house. 
keep her mama happy. Sounds like Marshall might be doing some roofing too. How about you, worshipful producer Bruce? What do you got going on this week? Uh, you look like you wanted to follow that up with something. Uh, I don't have anything special going on. No, just course. nobody That's cares. Why we don't Normal work. Thank you, Arlen. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. Like, he opened his mouth like he was going to say it, so I didn't say anything. That's uh, why we don't let him talk. I mean, because when he does, that's what he says. Nothing. I don't have nothing going well, on. Well, maybe that happened because for, like, the first ten shows, you interrupted immediately when you asked me that question. I don't remember this. Do you, Arlen? You know, those ten shows are still available. I can go, yeah. like, show them to you. <laughs> Actually, hold play on them hold over on and over. Hold on a right, Harlan can play them right now. Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> they're all gone. Uh, well, and I'm looking at the website. Yep, even they're if they here. Are, even if they are, y'all know he can do super crazy tricks with editing. He, yeah. I mean, he can just, like, edit my words together. I mean, what's really going to blow people's minds is when they figure out that I'm really Phil Henry and that none of you exist, and I've just been doing this whole podcast by myself. <laughs> Just mixing voices in. And then there's the double twist. You're not the real one. I'm the real one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's too far down the rabbit hole. Thanks for listening to episode 15 of the After Lodge podcast. Shoot us an email with some feedback at afterlodge at gmail.com. Look us up on Facebook or Twitter at After Lodge. Uh, we don't have the phone number up because somebody didn't put up the Glenbeck whiteboard, but it'll be in the show notes. You Give really us a call. need to memorize that. Leave us a voicemail. Why don't you have it memorized? Spit it out. Let's go. I can memorize my damn name. Right. So most importantly, come hang out with us on irc.quakenet.org, pound sign Freemasonry, or just catch up with us on Reddit or My Freemasonry. We're, we're all over the place. So thanks for listening again. We'll see you next week, brothers. Bye.